The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. But these best, best qualities we have are so wonderful that they're not limited to your heart and mind. That they're shared with others. They're beyond you. They're within you. They're not you. They're all of you. They're pretty special. And, uh, and so the Buddha, the statue, represents all this. And um, we want to celebrate and brighten and make this stuff happy and all this before we sit. So what you could do is you can come up and offer your flower um, just here. And if you have, some of you have vases, you can just simply put it up here. And, um, and the, I think the idea is um, to try to get it, um, see, maybe we don't need this one yet. Um, mostly, in this, this half, if it works, and the front half we might use later for the candles. So we'll see how that goes. So if you want to come up now as, as, and, uh, and offer your flowers, and we'll see how that works. And now... Uh, in the, in the upper table? In a, in a, in a, yeah, if you have it yeah, down below there. Perfect. And we'll get more vases if we need. It's nicely fragrant up here now. So not only do we offer lots of color to the Buddha, but also wonderful fragrance. And, um, and then uh, we also want to offer the light of our mind. And um, there's a, um, before, just before the Buddha died, he said, um, make yourself uh, uh, a refuge. Make yourself a, and the word he used was dipa. And, um, and the word dipa, it has two meanings. And it uh, can mean island or it can mean uh, uh, light. So some people will translate it, make yourself an island in the midst of the dangers of the world, I guess, or make, your, make yourself a light. And so something, the connection between refuge and light. And so when we meditate, one of the things we're doing is we're lighting up the mind or lighting up the, the heart so that it's clear, it's connected to truth, it's connected to a certain kind of luminosity of seeing, or luminosity of understanding, luminosity of wisdom. So we're going to light up the mind first so we can do the ceremony. And then when uh, when uh, some point during the sitting, the candle that's up there will have been lit. <laughs> if, if there's enough luminosity in the room, if it, if it, if it builds enough, then uh, that might happen. So we'll sit for a little while.
Buddha said, for each person to make a refuge of themselves, to make a light of themselves, to make an island of themselves. And the Buddha said, for people to make the Dharma their refuge, the Dharma their light, the Dharma as their island. And he said these things at the same time, same time, same same teaching. And what we have then is an equivalence of Dharma and self. And it's a profound statement about the value of each individual person. That somewhere in oneself, there's a refuge. And that self that you can refuge, that aspect of yourself that's a refuge, this maybe is the Dharma. Not different. Dharma's not out there. And then he gave instructions at this teaching that the way to do this is to be aware, to be mindful, to be present here with our bodies and our feelings, our mind. And mindfulness, awareness is the light that we turn on. And that's how we discover the refuge. And somehow the light was lit. power of our sitting. And um, so welcome. So happy that everyone's here. Some of you are here because you did the class and refuge and precepts class and explored what these things are. And some of you are here because uh, you're friends and here to support the refugees. And some of you are here because maybe you want to participate in this refuge uh, again and be reminded, some of you have done it before, and to be reminded of it and connected to it one more time. You're all welcome here, it's very nice. In the history of Buddhism, um, there was a time when they they did a lot of analysis of the mind. And um, different mental factors, how the mind worked. And they made all kinds of categories of mind states. And um, they had two two of the biggest categories of different mind factors, factors of the mind, mind states. 
uh, on one hand, they were kind of like the opposites of each other. On one hand, there were the unskillful states of mind, unskillful factors, activities of the mind. And unskillful is primarily defined by that which causes harm to oneself or to others. And um, so that's nice. And then, um, but the other category in this scheme of mental classifications is not called skillful. It would make sense if it was unskillful and then skillful. But, uh, but instead, they use the word beautiful. There's the unskillful states of mind and the beautiful ones. It's very nice because, you know, the opposite of beauty would be ugly. <laughs> you know, and we don't want to, you know, it's kind of not so nice to say ugly states of mind, ugly factors. But unskillful talks about, it's functional, it talks about the role that these, these uh, states have And because they're unskillful, it's possible to make them skillful. It's possible to learn a skill, it's possible to change it. If it's bad or evil or some other kind of heavy title, heavy heavy thing, it becomes a burden and implies maybe nothing can change. But the category of unskillful and skillful implies you can go from one to the other. But then to become a skillful, have a skillful mind, skillful factors, um, the tradition, this particular tradition, then calls that beautiful factors of mind. The recognition of beauty here in this life. And in fact, I believe that the most beautiful things that you will ever find in this, in this cosmos, uh, what you'll find in your own mind. The purity of the mind, the clean mind, a mind that's free, that's liberated. Um, and, uh, there's such, it's amazingly beautiful, pristine. Um, it's like, uh, el- can, you know, there's different people will characterize it different ways, but um, uh, you know, I think that that's where the greatest beauty is. Perhaps there's some logic to that, in that maybe beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so, um, but you know, if it's in your own mind, that's the beholder, that's the the place where it all gets born. That's the place for the reference for it. And to have a mind that's peaceful, pure, ethically pure, clean, honest, um, unburdened by attachments, unagitated, not in conflict with itself, um, settled, is a, creates a, it's a beautiful, beautiful mind. So to, we have this potential. This is part of what's in here, what's going on, this beauty. And to recognize this wonderfulness uh, that we are. And uh, the, not only wonderful is in there, but also the potential of growing that and developing it is part of what happens as we step into Buddhist practice and part of what's represented by a refuge ceremony is to celebrate and, and appreciate that all of us have a great potential. All of us have within us a tremendous beauty, uh, maybe not always recognized or seen or touched in. But uh, that's why we go for refuge because it's sometimes difficult to stay in touch with it. It's difficult, easy for life to crowd in or all kinds of preoccupations to take over. And, um, and there are powerful forces, powerful activities, events, situations that can be, uh, occur to a person that make it difficult to stay in touch with that which is beautiful, to stay in touch with that which is free, um, to stay in touch with what the Dharma, how the Dharma is a refuge, how the, the self is a refuge. 
And so refuge ceremony is a time to acknowledge this beauty that's here, is what's, and also to um, uh, acknowledge a, a motivation, an intention, an understanding, an inspiration to uh, get, be close to something we've discovered, discover something that's special, something that's wonderful, that's worth uh, centering one's life around or orienting one's life around and values and ways of being and states of mind, states of heart. And so uh, this celebration of our own hearts and minds. And you are all beautiful. There's beauty in each of you. It's not like, an, you know, sometimes it's covered over, but certainly you have it as a potential, as a minimum, but it's much more than that. And one of the things that happens as we practice and develop and we discover layers and layers of beauty and freedom within ourselves, it's possible to have a tenderness and a caring and understanding and appreciation of the beauty of others and a valuing of that. So um, when uh, we take refuge in the Buddha, we take refuge in these Buddha qualities that are in us, either as a potential or, or in other ways. There's many Buddha qualities, but they're there. And uh, we nourish them and grow them and develop them. Take refuge in the Dharma means many things, but one of the ones that's most significant for me that I value the most is take refuge in the practice. Dharma and practice are closely connected. And I have this practice that I trust, that I value, practice of mindfulness, of showing up, being aware. You know, and, and no matter what the situation, I've learned that, uh, that there's a way out, there's a way through it, there's a way with it, uh, if we're mindful. And trust the mindfulness, trust the practice of showing up. Um, it's very different than some of the other things that people trust. Some people trust that their life will be happier and better if they can have power or status or money or have lots of friends on Facebook or have lots of security or lots of pleasure or lots of approval. There's lots of things that people put their trust in and take refuge in, in a sense. They don't use that language or refuge but that's what they orient themselves to, as if that's what's going to make them ha- happy. And the going for refuge in Buddha Dharma Sangha is an acknowledgement that those kinds of things are impermanent, transitory, unstable, and not really, doesn't really work as a lasting refuge, support, guide for our lives. And there is something that is lasting and valuable and that for Buddhists is represented by the Buddha, Dharma, and the Sangha. And so this, the practice, practice puts us in touch with it. The Sangha, take refuge in the Sangha can mean many things, but one of the things it means is to be a place, where, to be, to be uh, take refuge in the Sangha can mean that um, we start seeing in other people that which is beautiful. So it isn't so much that we go to a place where the people are safe and we'll, you know, we're, we're refugees and we're safe around these people, they're good people and they'll inspire us, which is true. But that rather, um, people become your Sangha when you see their beauty, when you see their potential of freedom, their goodness, even when they don't see it yet. Even if how they behave 
is not, doesn't really indicate it. But it is possible to see through the behavior and what people say and, with it, uh, and see the tenderness that's there, the softness, the, the struggles that the people have, the potential, the places of caring that do exist in people, the places that can be find peace and beauty in that person as well. And to take refuge in the Sangha is to see that Sangha in people. It exists there. And a literal Sangha, like IMC, the hope is that we're mirrors for each other, for the best, these best qualities within us. And that these, by being a mirror for each other, it grows. If we see it in others, it grows in ourselves. If others see it in us, it grows in us as well. So, um, beauty is a quality of who we are. And please, don't let anybody ever tell you that you're not beautiful. Don't let any, any society, a group of people, say that you're not beautiful. Don't let your own mind trick you into believing you're not beautiful. You are beautiful. There's beauty here. And how you want to characterize that beauty or how you see it, you can see it in many, many different ways. It's like the word beauty is an is a overarching term for things like compassion, kindness, love, generosity, uh, inner goodness, truthfulness, peace, Beautiful, many, 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 go on and on. So here we are. And uh, for one of the, for the guests, what I've said here in the class we did for preparing for this is that uh, this ceremony is meant to be an acknowledgement of something that the people here know for themselves already. That there's something about the Buddha, Dharma, and the Sangha that represents or mirrors something they've discovered of value. Uh, and it's probably different for each one exactly what it is. And we're not trying to define what it means to go for refuge, but rather to uh, strengthen and develop and mirror something that's bubbling up or growing or been recognized or seen in each of you. And um, so your beauty and your potential for practice, your potential for um, being grounded and committed to uh, values that are for your betterment and maybe for the betterment of our society as well. So um, we go for refuge. We go for truth. We go for peace. We go for compassion. We go for living in this world, in this world of people and beings. Uh, in a way that um, uh, represents the light of the Buddha, light of mindfulness, light of freedom, light of peace that shines from this inner places of beauty. And And since it's very difficult to stay in touch with it in busy life, active life, dangerous lives that we live, um, here we are to strengthen that light, 
to celebrate that light, to be reminded of that light that we have. So um, to uh, really be able to do this well and remember, so it's more memorable, we have to have more light. And uh, so if uh, what I'd like to ask you to do is we'll do this in silence, is uh, if you can come up here, uh, maybe two at a time, you can go on either side of the, the altar here. And, uh, and uh, either side. And uh, take uh, one of your candles. You can leave one candle there. Just bring one candle up. And, uh, and uh, light the candle. And then um, the, if there's spa- the shorter candles can go here on the little tabletop. And the longer candles can go down here. And hopefully you brought some candle holder that can hold the candle you brought. Did someone uh, not bring us a candle holder for the one, the can, one of the candles you need? Because we have extra here if you need something. You all brought something to put it in? Okay. So, um, um, Oh, you can start. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be crowded, but just start coming up quietly and uh, light one of your candles. And and while you're doing that, I'll tell you that um, the orange kind of brown cloth that's here on the kind of the this platform. Um, is the robes I wore that I was when I was a monk in Burma. And it's a little bit, traditionally maybe a little bit sacrilegious to do that. But I thought it's actually the opposite. It's kind of bringing into the room here uh, the whole long lineage of the Dharma uh, that uh, the robes represent practitioners down through the ages. a candle. Can you take one of the red cords too? And then the ones that have already, those of you already been up here, don't worry, you'll get it. Just stay where you are. Um, we're going to do this uh, refuge ceremony. And uh, these are refuge cords. And um, would anybody who's here, uh, anybody who's here is welcome to have a refuge cord if you want to kind of follow along with the refuges. Someone and the and the guests are here would like any accord?
So these cords are said to come from the a thread from the Buddha's robe. If, um, if that's kind of what they're supposed to represent. <coughs> It's also because it's another thing it sometimes represents being red. It's the bloodline of the warm-hearted people who down through the ages have passed passed the practice and awakening down from one generation to the other. Sometimes it's said from warm hand to warm hand. So uh, it's been going on for 2,500 years, this warm hand transmission or passing it on. And um, that's what we're doing here today. There's a kind of a transmission, kind of a passing on of a kind of the part of Buddhism, part of practice, part of your goodness, the light in you. And now we have lots of light here. And um, once upon a time, there was a monastery with a group of monastics. And they'd been practicing for a long time and they were getting kind of tired of practice. A little, you know, it's kind of like, here we go, the same routine. We have to get up at four o'clock in the morning every morning, and here we do it again. And, and they were getting kind of like dragging, and, and uh, it wasn't going so well for them. And then the people who supported the monastery weren't very inspired, and, and so they didn't get fed very much. And they started getting kind of weak from not eating so much food anymore and uh, uninspired and and they started feeling kind of a little bit bitter and the practice wasn't going well and there wasn't what was it all about anyway and and then less people would come to the monastery and then people wouldn't join the monastery to be new monastics and when the old ones died it like get kind of got a more and more depressed place so the abbot after a long time thought you know this has to change so the abbot said to the, all the monastics, you know, one of you, one of you is the next Buddha. And they all kind of, what? <laughs> well, not him. <laughs> or not her. Not the cook. But maybe, maybe it's the gardener or maybe it's the, you know, and they kind of started looking, they kind of like, oh, look, maybe. And they started looking, maybe. And they started looking upon each other and they studied each other. It's, oh, maybe. Well, that person has a lot of, it's always there to help when help needs is needed. Or that person's impeccably honest. Or that person is so kind. That person is always peaceful, never agitated. That person seems to have infinite compassion. Maybe, is that the Buddha? Is that the one who's going to be the Buddha? And they started looking upon each other, each other, and seeing these beautiful qualities. And as they did that, they all started kind of getting lighter and more happy. And then uh, the townspeople started noticing. And the townspeople started coming and bringing support for them and good food, and they started getting well-fed again. And... And then the youth of the village or town thought, oh, wow, that's a special place. They're all sparkling and they're all like, there's light in the eyes of everyone there. And, and, um, and so the, the monastery started thriving again. The light. You have a light. 
Where do you cast your light? How do you use that wonderful light of awareness and attention that you have? Who knows who you're seeing? Do you really know who you're with? Perhaps that person's the next Buddha. Perhaps that person has beautiful qualities that you have overlooked. What if you let your light wake up and shine at the beautiful qualities of that person? And perhaps to, you know, that's part of the deal here is to, to become enlightened, is to enlighten, to lighten up, to see the world in a new way. And in doing that is see yourself in a new way, to see that yourself as a beautiful, valuable, meaningful person. And perhaps this whole thing of enlightenment is not a personal affair, but it comes when we light up and be able to see the beauty that's here. Tremendous beauty. <clears throat> so refuge. To take refuge in the Buddha, Dharma, the Sangha is to do, in a conventional sense, is to take refuge in the historical person of the Buddha, teachings and practices and the community of people who do the practice. In the inner meaning, it means to take refuge in those qualities that exist in you that those things represent. And, uh, and here we are to do this. And part of this is to take refuge in the precepts, to take refuge in living a life of harmlessness, to take refuge in a way of living where not only do we become safe for other people, but we become safe for ourselves. And that's one of the primary kind of definitions of mature Buddhist practice is that we become safe for ourselves. It's very hard to be, have ultimate safety for the world or to be, know that you're going to be, always be safe you know, practically in the world. All kinds of things can happen. But to really have faith and confidence that you can become a safe person for yourself that you're not going to do anything mean to yourself. You're not going to be anything critical or you're not going to form any attachments or clinging that are going to hurt hurt yourself with how your mind operates. To have the inner safety. So the inner refuge is those qualities that allow you to become a safe person for self and others. So we'll take the uh, refuges together and I'll, I'll, I'll recite them and you'll repeat. And, um, and what you do is you take that uh, red cord and you put it between your thumb and your first finger. You put your hands together so that you're just kind of draped over. And then um, we'll first chant uh, the homage to the Buddha, somehow paying our respect to the Buddha for being the one who's started this particular path and uh, for whom, you know, it's, if uh, it's the one thing, maybe, maybe, I don't know if it's not just one thing, but it's a very significant thing that we all have in common here. With, we have a common that somehow the warm hand to warm hand transmission to how we ended up here began with the Buddha, with this person 2,500 years ago in India. So it's nice to kind of evoke and remember this person. So uh, we'll do it in Pali, and we'll do it one word at a time, and so you can repeat after me. 
Namo Tasa Bhagavato Arato Sama Sambudasa Namo Tasa Bhagavato Arato Sama Sambudasa Namo Tasa Bhagavato Arato Sama Sambudasa to chant the refuges. Buddham Saranangachami Buddham Saranangachami Sangam Saranangachami Dutiampi Buddham Saranangachami Dutiampi Dhammam Saranangachami Dutiampi Sangam Saranangachami Tatiampi Buddham Saranangachami Tatiampi Dhammam Saranangachami Dhatiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami So now, to represent the intention that you have around refuge, kind of in the middle of that chord, you tie a simple knot. So you have a little, yeah, a little bump. If you push, take your hand over it. And uh, that's to remind you of your intention. 
and then um, uh, put the string back in your hand and, and then we'll recite the precepts and we'll do this in English and each precept uh, we'll do in three parts and um, and uh, so you repeat after me for the sake of our collective well-being I commit myself to the training of not taking life. For the sake of our collective well-being, I commit myself to the training of not taking what is not given. For the sake of our collective well-being, I commit myself to the training of not engaging in sexual misconduct. For the sake of our collective well-being, I commit myself to the training of not speaking falsely. For the sake of our collective well-being, I commit myself to the training of not intoxicating my mind. Thank you. So now you do a second knot to the side of the little bit away, an inch or so away from the first one, so that you have... Mm-hmm. Just doing a second knot somewhere on it. Where? Or somewhere in the middle, but maybe an inch away from the first knot. Or so. Great. So, have some of you made tie them together in a circle? Is that what you did? No. Okay, good. Okay, so um, now uh, what you can do is turn to someone next to you and uh, you can uh, help them tie it on uh, either on their wrists. Some people put it around their necks. Um, and uh, It doesn't matter. Whatever you like. Someone, uh, a- a- Angie, you and Ganesh can do it. I
So now to fully mark this refuge, that you've gone for refuge this way, um, you'll, uh, I'm going to offer you a refuge document that uh, marks the event. And it, um, it also, the document represents this wonderful warm hand to warm hand lineage, this wonderful way in which uh, there's been this we're kind of carried on the on the stream of all this goodness, all this beauty that's been passed down and cultivated and recognized down through the generations. And um, innumerable people, but on this document, it's um, uh, there's a uh, my name, and then the names of peop- Buddhist teachers from the past and from the present who've been important teachers for me. That represents the whole lineage, so it's kind of coming through me here. And then uh, in the middle of the document, in the middle of a body leaf, is your name that connects you to all this, you know, not just those people, but in all directions down through the ages to these people who brought this here. And, um, and then there's a, um, a little booklet, refuge booklet that you'll get that, that you maybe you'll keep and maybe you'll forget about, and one day you'll find, oh, there it is, and what is it? Then you'll open it, oh, maybe like. And, um, and then you can't leave here without a Buddha, because in case you're not Buddha enough, and then you have this reminder that you are. Look, don't let anyone tell you that you're not beautiful. So um, we'll do this, um, we'll chant um, a four-word chant, that uh, in Pali, which means may all beings be happy. And I think that uh, the spirit of compassion and care that comes out of a liberated heart is represented in these words, that may all beings be happy. And now the words go sabe, which means all, sata, beings, um, suki, which means happy, and huntu means something like may they be. So may all beings be happy. Sabe, sata, suki, huntu. So I'll start the chant, and when you get the tune, you can join join in. And then uh, once we start chanting it, I'm going to um, uh, over instead it quietly. You know, we'll get it when we have it right then I'll uh, read the names of three of you 
And then come up here and these three mats here and hopefully you can sit down on your knees here. If you can't, you can stand on them. Uh, you don't have to, you know, if you can't get down on your knees, you can just stand, it's fine. And then, um, and then uh, uh, offer me your candle, the gift for me. And then, um, and in return, you'll get, not return, but you'll get these things for me. The, um, so, So Angie and Beatrice and uh, and uh, Beatrice. <laughs> so we bow to each other. I forgot to chant. Sabe sata suki hontu. Sabe sata suki hontu. Sabe sata. Suki hontu sabe sata suki hontu sabe sata suki hontu sabe sata Suki hontu sabe sata suki Ganesh and Julie and Kumi. Elizabeth, Leslie, and Florian. 
เสจกคริสตาและลินดาและแคร
Krishna. David Watson and Kristen and John. Michael and Ashley and the other David. Second David, David D. Oh, that's right. So, and uh, Yolana. Lois, 
Aaron, Aaron, I can't quite read. And Lydia, let's see, I can't quite read this, so we'll figure it out later. And Trudy. Jillian and Fiona. Meredith and Kathleen and Serban. Serban here, Serban and and Meredith. See who else? Is someone expecting one that I couldn't read their name? Is everyone who was supposed to expecting one? Okay. Maybe that's yours. Oh, that's what it is. Yes. 
and and what Christina and uh, yes here So to go for refuge is a mutual benefit process that the engagement in the Dharma, engagement of a path of truth and peace and compassion is not just done for oneself, it will be done for others, whether you want it or not. And you can't do it alone without the support of others that Buddhas and teachers down through the ages, the practitioners, your Sangha, the people you run into. Um, uh, As you benefit, you'll benefit them. As they benefit from your efforts, you will benefit. The whole refuge thing is a wonderful mutual benefit thing. And, um, And if you wonder, if you can see, that person has the potential to be the Buddha. Maybe that's the next Buddha. If you do that really well, maybe you'll get to be the next Buddha. Or maybe it's better. Maybe we end up living in a world where we care for each other, where we're safe for each other, and we bring out the best qualities in each other. And that's probably the best. So may the refuge that we've done today, may it be for the happiness, the welfare, the peace, the security and of everyone, all beings everywhere. May all beings be liberated and freed from their oppression. May all beings everywhere be limited, be, be freed from all the ways in which they're limited and held down and suffering. May we all experience suffering together so that we can be free of suffering. May we share this life together for the welfare and happiness of each and every one of us. May all of us be happy. So thank you very much for being here and doing this. And uh, we now have a little reception. 
And um, so we can spend some time together just chatting and saying hello and, and um, sharing this moment a little bit with um, refreshments. And uh, I think hopefully some of you will stay afterwards and clean up and tidy up and we'll fix up this room again. And um, thank you all for coming. <laughs>